0: This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from Dr. Coulter. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> you made it through the rain to come to church. Well, it's great to see you all. He gave you five minutes of grace. And healing comes from grace, so he 's giving you an object lesson already at the beginning what we 're expecting for the next four weeks uh, just to learn from the scripture about the subject of healing, and as we say on Sunday, uh, we know that Jesus healed in the scripture, and Jesus is the same yesterday and today, and for yesterday, today, and forever and so we 're just going to have a great time these next few weeks just learning from the scriptures, old and New testament about god 's intention for us and our healing. Uh, That it's God's will for us to be healed and that we can actually experience God's healing power today. And uh, nobody better than the doctor to be teaching us from the Word of God. And um, he's my favorite Bible teacher, and I know he's at least in your top two. (laughs) (laughs) So let's welcome him. (laughs) That's a good introduction. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for your precious holy written word, the precious blood of Jesus and the church. Thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit who is our teacher and our guide. We expect him tonight to unveil and unfold the word of God to us. Thank you for your people who come to hear your word and may they be blessed in understanding of the great idea of divine healing. We praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. So uh, this, is a, this is not a healing revival, and it's not a service, it is a Bible study. Therefore, we're going to think, pray, we're going to write on our notes, I've given you lots of space. I decided this year to give lots of space to write, and to give you all the notes to begin with because I may not get to everything and uh, we've only got four weeks and there's probably if I didn't rush six good weeks or seven good weeks of material that we need to cover but you have it there and you can think it through what I've decided to do is I was going to leave this particular lecture to the end but I put it at the beginning you notice uh, Lesson one comes after this, so this is 1A and the other one would be 1B. But I want you to start thinking this way. God's thoughts about divine healing, God's, God's thoughts about divine healing have nothing to do with who dies with sickness and disease. Lots of good Christians die with sickness and disease. Love God, born again by the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus, speak in tongues maybe, love God for years, serve God, and die of sickness and disease. You do not understand anything about the scriptures based upon people's actions, or you don't discern the, the definition or the understanding of Christ the healer based upon who dies with sickness and disease and who doesn't. Someone asked me, this was, you know, we've been doing this now for 55 years. Someone asked me, well, how are you going to, how are you going to die if you don't get sick? It's a very easy answer you just go to sleep in Jesus. You don't have to be sick to die. So we're going to... And by the way, this is a, one of the most um, controversial subjects in the body of Christ. One of the most controversial subjects in the body of Christ that I've experienced over 55 years of teaching is number one, divine healing... And number two, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was speaking other tongues. Those two are um, debated ad infinitum. So what we're going to do is I'm going to try to incorporate within the teaching some of the struggles that people have with the whole idea of divine healing. (coughs) And uh, you can sort of pick it out. So what I've done now in this particular lesson, I've picked out what I thought something that the major things that you need to understand from the scripture about divine healing and then you'll see them worked out in the rest of the the rest of the lectures so the idea the the important things to know about divine healing but before I start I wanted to say I actually put this down in my notes to say I want to thank my wife of 55 years for Allowing me to study for hours on end for years on end Understand how to do that understand what what that means When the children were small and I was thinking about that this afternoon where you do 20 hours or so for each lecture or each message in many years I was Speaking Wednesday night every every Wednesday night Sunday morning Sunday nights so there are many hours of quietness and we couldn't have done it, I couldn't have done it without a wonderful wife to understand that. So she needs to give, need to give her a hand there tonight. And also there's one other person, that uh, Shirley's hiding back there. She's been my secretary for 20 years. She has done everything. She used to be greeting. Uh, she f- does all the notes and everything. And now she's doing the slides tonight. And to put up with me for 20 years is an amazing, amazing deal. So she needs to have another hand, too. At the end of the, um, oh, by the way, if you have a question, uh, at the back there's uh, there's little pads that you can write your question down, and I'll look at the question during the week, and if I feel that it's not going to come up, in any of the lectures, I'll answer the question. If it's going to come up, then I won't answer it. The other thing is that at the end of the the lesson tonight, if uh, gentlemen, if you could stay a little longer and take down the the tables for us getting ready for Sunday, but put the chairs back, we'd appreciate it. There'll be a gentleman showing you what to do. Okay, number one, important things to know about divine healing. It is God's will to heal you because healing is in the redemption plan. In other words, Scripture, and I've given you lots of places to write, Scripture reveals the nature of God. Scripture reveals the attitude of God towards sin, the attitude towards sickness and disease. And when we see what his nature is like and what his thoughts are like regarding the subject, it means that he's the same as he always has been. He never changes. Malachi 3.6 says, For I, the Lord, do not change. In other words, and that other thing, Jesus says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we have to deal with that subject, remembering that many Christians die with sickness and disease and many Christians don't have the experience of the manifestation of healing Isaiah 53 4 and 5 says surely he has borne our griefs and I'll explain that a little bit more sickness and carried our sorrows which is pains yet we esteemed him stricken smitten of God and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace and with his wounds we are healed. Matthew 8:17 This was to fulfill which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. First Peter 2:24 He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Now, remember, I'm talking about divine healing. I'm not really talking about miracles, although that's part of the subject. And miracles, I'll explain later on, is a whole different thing. So not only did Jesus shed his blood for the remission of our sins, but by his stripes then, in that context of the cross, We are healed. In other words, it is my understanding from just those three texts that it is actually God's will that we walk in divine health. Number two, it's God's will to heal you because sickness comes from Satan, either directly or indirectly, and not from God. In other words, you see, Here's one of the problems. God is never putting sickness and disease on you to teach you something. That is a man-made idea. It's not God's. God is not schizophrenic. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not confused about what he thinks. It's God's will to heal you because sickness and disease does not come from God. It comes from Satan either directly or indirectly acts 10:38 How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him How about the woman that could not stand up straight in Luke 13:6 and not, not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. How about John 10.10? The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. How about 1 John 3.8? Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. But the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy. That Greek word means to dismantle or overthrow. To dismantle the works of the devil. Now, just with those two things, it seems that then, with the Holy Spirit and Jesus living on the inside of us, we exercise then authority over sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. Just with those two scriptures, just with the scriptures that I gave you. Number three God provided healing in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, in the Old Covenant and in the New Covenant. As soon as Israel came out of Egypt, God said something. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put, notice this translation says, I will put none of these diseases on you that I put upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. What are we going to do with that? What should we do with that? Well, in the Hebrew language, there are tenses that it's very difficult for us to translate without using long sentences. There is the permissive tense and the causative tense. In this particular text, I will permit none of these diseases on you that I have permitted on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your God. And I'm going to make this statement, and you'll understand it better by and by, that God permits what you permit. Somebody need, you need to write that down. I will permit none of these diseases. He's not the cause of it. Exodus 23, 25, and 26. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from among you. None shall miscarry or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will fulfill the number of your days. So what? You don't have to die of sickness and disease. You can live out your days. And just fall asleep in Jesus. That's what I plan on doing. I don't know about you. He says you can live until you're satisfied. That's another scripture. So, whenever you're satisfied, got all your things in order, and you've done all the things that you think God wants you to do in this life, when you're 85 or 90 or whatever, just go into the room and say to your wife, she's she still alive, honey, I'm going home today with Jesus and fall asleep i'll describe that a little bit better later notice deuteronomy 7:13 to 15, 14 he will love you bless you and multiply you he also will bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground your grain and your wine and your oil the increase of your herds and the young of your flock and the land that he swore to your father to give you You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your livestock. So with these little things in the Old Covenant, it seems that everything connected with the people of God is to bear the stamp of what? According to all the scriptures that we talked about in the Old Testament here, is to bear the stamp of prosperity, success, and health. God's people are to bear this stamp. Old Testament Israel were never sons and daughters of God. They were servants. They only had a promissory note on redemption. The Lord said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll read that scripture after a bit here. This is what I'm going to do later. I'm going to put the law in your heart. I'm going to write it on your spirit. In other words, they just had a promissory note of the future of the new covenant. So if he didn't want his servants to be sick, I'm sure he doesn't want his sons and daughters in the family to be sick. To be sick. Where do I get this idea? I get it from Hebrews chapter eight, verse six. Well, before I read that, I want to read Psalm one hundred three, one to five. So you can back up a bit, one, or three, 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good things so that their youth is renewed like the eagles. So someone who comes and teaches me, which I've had a professor do in one of my classes years ago, that God doesn't always heal every time. Sometimes he doesn't. Can't get that from scripture. There's no scripture that says that. Which I pointed out to him and then almost... Failed. Now, Hebrews 8.6, where do I get this idea that he doesn't want... If he didn't want his servants, sure doesn't want his sons and daughters sick. But as it is, Hebrews 8.6, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old. As the covenant he mediates is better, since it's enriched, it's enacted on better promises. So our new covenant is enacted upon the promises of God and the, the blood of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus, which is the price that, he, that was paid to get us to become the family of God. Galatians chapter 3, 13 and 14 gives us this idea. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Now, you can read about the curse of the law in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 15 to the end. When you go home later, you can read that. But we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. All these, all these sicknesses and diseases, they're all listed there. And then it says at the end, it says all the sicknesses and diseases that are not written there, you're still you're going to have a curse. But Jesus said, you're redeemed from the curse, And you're redeemed from all of these lists of sickness and disease and all the list of sickness and disease that is not listed here you have been redeemed from. So that in Christ Jesus the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the promised spirit through faith. So what do we say so far? Salvation and healing, however... Does not fall on you automatically. Because remember in the Old Testament he said if you do this, 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 and this. In the New Covenant it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you shall be saved. For what the heart believes, what the mouth of a confession. So salvation and healing does not fall on the Christ- on anybody automatically. There's something you have to do. There's something you have to believe. There's something you have to say. Romans 10:17 says, "So then faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of God." All right. Anything from God is spiritual. Faith. Is spiritual. Healing is spiritual. Healing is first not physical. Healing first is spiritual. In other words, when you pray for healing, the healing power of God will come in your spirit. You may still have your symptoms. It first comes on the inside. That you know that you know and this takes some work because you got to spend time in the Word of God to know that it's actually God's will that you be healed and you receive it first in your spirit and this is why some people never quite get to the manifestation in their physical body of healing because after they've prayed if the symptoms don't leave they say well I haven't been healed when they actually have Your thinking cap's still on or is that a little heavy? You receive your healing on the inside of you before the manifestation of the symptoms removed ever happens. I've prayed for people when the manifestation of their healing happened immediately they went back to the seat and the devil put the symptoms back on them and they thought oh I didn't get it and then and I'm gonna I'm gonna go after that thought a little bit more later but I just thought I would introduce it mark eleven twenty three twenty four. 24 you remember I said it doesn't happen automatically For verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, or this problem, or this sickness, or disease, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. In other words, you just can't try this. You have to actually believe it in your heart. Before you say it, you know it's true. Be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them, believe that you already got them, and then you shall have them, and then it'll be manifested out into your body. So you first receive it in your spirit, believe it, Say it, starts coming out in your body. How long does it take, Pastor? I don't know. It's like asking me how come somebody died of sickness and disease love God. That's like trying to hammer jelly to the wall. I don't know. I have no idea. I've taught a class like this one time and somebody came up after me and said, I now know what my problem was. I was waiting for the I was waiting for the manifestation out here rather than recognizing that anything that God does is first spiritual and it comes out. Number 4 there are a number of methods whereby healing can be obtained. And the reason I think it's that the Lord did that and I don't mean to say that this is the only reason but it seems like is because there's different levels of faith Different people different contexts different ethnic groups different things you grow up with I Grew up in the Pentecostal Church before we went Esther and I were pastoring in the United Church for 15 years before that I grew up in the Pentecostal Church in Canada That's that that said God heals sometimes. And he doesn't heal other times. Matter of fact, last summer we were at a place listening to a Pentecostal minister preach and he preached a magnificent message. I mean, it was unbelievable. I was I was on cloud nine. I was on healing and this last he had me right on the edge of my seat. And I was, if I was sick, I'd have been up there at the front. And the last thing he said, but sometimes God doesn't heal you. I said to why would anybody go to the front? Their faith is just was shot right there in in the spot. So there's all kinds of of levels of, of, of teachings and stuff. So there's all kinds of ways God has for healing. He loves you so much that he's going to give you a whole bunch. Number one, underneath four there. The use of the name of Jesus against the devil. In other words, demand... Your faith has to be high. Demand that sickness leave your body in the name of Jesus. I find this in John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is an interesting Greek word. This word ask I Ito equals demand. It's an asking with power. There's another word for ask, and I'll show it to you in just a second. But this word that you see there, word ask, actually has the connotation of demand. It's not a prayer. i read it again. Whatever you ask or demand in my name, this will I do, Jesus said, that the Father may be glorified, we haven't prayed yet, in the Son. If you demand anything in my name, I'll do it. Now, on the other hand, here's a prayer with the word ask. John 16:23. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father. Okay, now this is asking the Father. This is prayer. Whatever you ask the Father in my name. Erotea, Eroteo, tail. whatever you ask the Father in my name. Eroteo, ask a prayer to the Father. The first one has nothing to do with prayer to the Father. This is demanded. Here is a prayer. And that they will ask me nothing. Truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give you." So, we can demand that sickness and disease leave us. Acts 3, 1 to 8. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, ninth hour, and a man lame from the birth was being carried by whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called beautiful, the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. He fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He demanded it. He took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Mark 16:17 and 18. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out devils. In my name what? Come out in Jesus' name. And it goes on to talk about other things. Notice Colossians 2.15, which is interesting. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing them over, over them in him. So there, Jesus did something, and so we use his name. His name is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue can Everything must bow. But don't try it unless you actually believe it down in here, in your spirit. Uh, I have another scripture that's not going to be up there, surely. Second Corinthians 2:14. But thanks be to God, who always causes us, who always leads us in triumphal process. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Another translation says, but thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. It seems like it doesn't matter where you look, God's, God wants his people defined by success and prosperity and health. The second, uh, the way to receive healing under this number four, praying for healing to the Father in the name of Jesus. We already talked about that, John sixteen twenty three and twenty four. But Mark eleven twenty four also says that. So what things you—it's not on the screen. What things you ever desire when you pray? When you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Receive it right then. Forget the symptoms, forget all that, believe that you receive it, believe you receive it, and then you shall have it. Now, in the scripture before, he talks about confession. So, very interesting thing. Confessing the word is always prior to the possession of what you're confessing. It's always the way it is. Just like salvation, that's how he got saved. Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you're my Lord. Thank you for making me new. You don't say it, it's not going to happen. Number three under four. Agree in prayer on the basis of Matthew eighteen, nineteen, and 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth... Uh, about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. But the two people that are agreeing have to believe it. Actually, there's not much point. I'm glad to see some of you that come up to the front and help and pray for people here. There's not much point of praying for somebody in the prayer of agreement if they're not with you. It takes two people in agreement. Two people believing. Two people that, na- that believe that the name of Jesus is above every name. Two people that actually believe that God wants you healed. Number four under four. Another way for healing to happen. Anoint with oil in accordance to James 5.14. Is any among you sick? Who? Interesting thought. This is written to Christians. It's not written to unbelievers. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save uh, save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, he will be forgiven. It's not the oil that heals. It's the prayer of faith. Why do you need the oil? Well, baby Christians need to feel something. Need the oil. Need to feel something on their head. Helps them. Helps their faith. We can't expect baby Christians to understand the power in the name of Jesus in which to exercise their own faith because their own faith is very, very weak and small. Number five under four. Receiving healings through the laying on of hands, we've read that before in Mark 16:15 to 18. He said to them, "Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole nation, to whole creation. <coughs> Excuse me. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe: in my name is cast out devils, speak in new tongues, so pick up serpents, that won't hurt them; they drink any deadly poison and won't hurt them." Uh, they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. All believers can do this. All believers can lay hands on the sick and expect God to heal people. But notice it says they will recover. You ever notice that? That's not an instant Healing. It's not an instant manifestation of the healing. They will recover. James five sixteen. Why do I say it for everybody? This is written to Christians, not just to apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Another translation says... The prayer of the righteous has great power, dynamic in its working. You have on the inside of you, as a believer, the Holy Spirit, Almighty God, on the inside of you. Now, after you pray for somebody, then you have to teach them Mark eleven twenty four, which says, Therefore, I tell you whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Believe you have received it. And then you will have it. Doesn't matter whether the symptoms are still there. Believe you have received it. Why? Because you're going to receive the healing in your spirit man first. Now, are there instant healings? Yes. I'll tell you about that in a minute. The he, the, the, most of the time, when you pray for the sick, the symptoms of their sickness will still be there. Because lay hands on the sick, they will recover. But you have to teach them this at Mark 11:24. Therefore, I tell you, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it, and it will be yours. So people don't think they received anything because they don't feel anything change. They checked their body, still got the pain. Number six under four. Receiving healing through the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter I'm going to read uh what surely if I got there 1 Corinthians 12 and 9 on the screen I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12 1 Corinthians 12 <clears throat> There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. The word of wisdom is a divine utterance that will help somebody. Word of knowledge is knowing what the problem is, why it happened, etc., etc. To another, faith. That's not ordinary faith. It's the gift of faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings. Has to be plural there because there's all kinds of sickness and disease. So the Mm -hmm. gifts would be for that particular disease. By the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. Not just bad spirits, but good spirits. To another... Some people say they're used in the learning of spirits and all they ever see is bad ones. That's not the gift. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things. Now notice, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So, you can't turn off and on the gifts of the Spirit. It's as He wills. And He doesn't always will. He, as He wills. So, we're talking about healings, gifts of healings. Doesn't always happen because you can't make it happen. It's under his jurisdiction. So those kind of things do not work as I will, as a person praying for the sick, but as God wills. Now, hear this. Some miss out on healing by the word of God, believing for yourself, looking for the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, and will drive hundreds of miles, when they've seen on television somebody being used in one of the gifts of the Spirit. Drive hundreds of miles, sit in the service, and the gifts of the Spirit were not manifested to them. Could have been manifested to somebody sitting right beside them. But not them. Because it wasn't God's will. That was God's will to heal them. But not God's will for the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, because as severally as He wills, why He wills it one pace and, and wills it another, I don't know. You can ask God. I just know that that's true. Healing, though, is available to everybody at all the time, but the gifts of the Spirit are not not available. And some Pentecostals, bless their heart, they're waiting for somebody with a tangible anointing to. Peek into it, I don't want to do a thing. I just come up to the front. Okay, give me something. Give me something. Because you have to believe. I can see the brains going. Number seven under four. Another way that healing comes. Know that healing belongs to you. And this is the best method. Knowing that healing belongs to you. When you know healing belongs to you, you don't have to have anybody lay hands on you. You can receive healing in the car. In bed. In your office. In a church service. Before anybody goes forward, just while they're singing, listening to a message, know that healing belongs to you. That you can be healed is to know for yourself that healing is in God's redemptive plan and therefore it belongs to you. Know what belongs to you in God. Know what belongs to you in God. Know what belongs to you in the Lord. Know that Isaiah 53, 4, and 5 is there. He bore our pains. He bore our sicknesses. He bore our anxieties that causes unpeace. He bore our sickness and diseases. Matthew eight seventeen. 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our sickness. And then First Peter 2, 24. You don't need anybody to lay hands on you. Just know it. Now, how are you going to know it? You have to spend time in the Word here. You have to look up all the scriptures that talk about healing. Look them all up. Meditate on them. Get them on the inside of you. So, I, uh, in my life, i've had the experience of having a healing immediately i've had the experience in my life of recovering over a period of time when i was um, when i was uh, 11 or 12 i just I was trying to think about it today what date it was um, lauren fox a famous uh, evangelist this would be 1940 Nine, I guess I was 11 I think um, came to Toronto for a two week meeting famous Lauren Fox famous healing evangelist because there was a healing revival that was going on in North America between 1948 and 56 so he came and he was holding his services in Massey Hall packed two two, uh, the two balconies full people the last night there were so many people to get healed. They had to have a card. They had so many people come up. They gave out cards. There were so many people still to be prayed for, and, and Messy Hall had a date, uh, time you had to stop. You go over to uh, Evangel Temple at the time it was at Bond and Dundas, not too far from Messy Hall, and the people with numbers filled the place. It was an old Methodist church that the Pentecostal Semis bought in 1925. 1927, I guess. Big round church with the balcony around. All the people in the building had a card to be prayed for. My dad happened to be the head usher. And I was lying on the back pew because you couldn't keep me from these services. I mean, it was amazing what was happening. People were getting healed out of the wheelchairs, blind eyes, open, deaf ears. I mean, it was amazing. And my teachers would say, Irby seems a little tired in the morning. Because he couldn't keep me from those meetings. It was amazing. As a kid, you watch, I was sick as a dog, lying on the back pew, had a fever. So my dad whispered in Lauren Fox's ear, who was praying for all these people, he said, My son's back there, he's sick. Can we get him into the line? So Lauren Fox said, Sure, bring him up. So they brought him up, brought me up. I'm standing there, hot. I mean, Shaking and you know, all, fever and everything. He, he put his hands on my head like this. He looked up to heaven and he said, Lord, I know that you hear me. And I also know that the name of Jesus is above every name. So I command this fever to leave this young man's body in the name of Jesus. Bang. Just like that. It was cool as a cucumber. You don't think that it makes an impression on an 11 year old? that God's alive. Then on the other hand, many years later, I'm pastoring a church. Big church. But I got a nervous stomach, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, it would keep me up at night. Sometimes I couldn't keep my food down. Like, sometimes I'd go in the pulpit and I'd have to just, you know to have as much faith as it could possibly have to just walk up in the pulpit. Now, as soon as I got up and started preaching, then the anointing would come on me and the thing would leave. And then as soon as I closed the Bible and walked off the stage, bang, it hit me again. So I'm praying, seeking God. Esther knows this story. Seeking the Lord. Getting nothing. Nada. Seeking God, 14 months, 15 months. God, I'm doing your work. I'm obeying you. I'm here in this church because you want me to be in this church. What's the problem? (laughs) God, 18 months, 19 months, 20 months. I started looking up these scriptures and healing, went through the Bible, meditating on them, believing them, started saying, I'm anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication I make my request known unto you and the peace of God that passes all understanding guards and fortifies my mind. I call my stomach normal in Jesus' name. Twenty five months, twenty six months. Tell the truth of that scripture, truth of the thing that healing starts here. The whole time the healing was on the inside of me. But I was thinking it had to come outside first. When I got it, it landed on me. I wasn't aware that it was such a big revelation, except I knew that I knew that I was healed. Driving along the Gardner Expressway. Jamison Avenue, I looked up and Jamison turned off and I felt my stomach nothing Have no idea when it left Because I was so taken up with the word That it became bigger than the, he, the than the problem But that was a lot of months. It didn't have to be That means I have to quit i just feel just feel it getting going here all right we'll take a five minute break and we'll be back. How are we doing everybody okay so far okay number five main heading number five know the difference. Know the difference i'm I'm waiting. For everybody to sit down, so i 'll speak as speak slow know the difference <laughs> Know the difference between God initiating healing supernaturally on his own and man initiating his own healing through his own faith in the Word of God now this theme all these themes that i 'm talking to you about are going to keep coming up in the lectures as we go along. But I wanted you if, you, if you, if somehow you never come to any of the rest of the classes, need to have this at least. Know the difference between God initiating healing supernaturally and man initiating healings through his own faith. Look at John 5, 1 through 9. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For the angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, Was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew, see, by a word of revelation, word of knowledge, and knew that he had been there a long time in that case, he said to him, Will you be made whole or well? And the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no one. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, you know, in my condition, another steps down before me. You know, somebody with a hangnail jumps in, right? Jesus. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Jesus, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. So here's... God initiating something. And God also, and He can do whatever He wants. He's God. He wants you to do that, it's fine. He also can initiate salvation. Can you think of anywhere in the Bible where He initiated salvation? Paul the Apostle, Saul. Killing Christians, putting them in jail, riding along on the path, a light knocks them off. He says, God, who are you? He got saved right then and there. God initiated salvation. Nobody preaching, nobody having an altar call, just God coming and doing it. God does those things. According to his will, his understanding, he was a chosen vessel to bring the gospel to us. Just like Peter was a chosen vessel to bring the gospel to the Jew. A divine something. Why does God choose people? I'm amazed today why God chose me to be in the ministry. I remember telling one man, you know, that we, I used to hang out with. I, I said, because God came on me on one of the services, and that's what I knew I was supposed to do. And he, I said, I'm going to Bible school. He said, oh. What? I said I'm going to Bible school. He said, <laughs> says why? I said, because I'm supposed to go into the ministry. <laughs> He's, he's laughing because I'd be the last thing anybody ever thought that I'd be going to do. But it's God. How do I, do I know? Pastor Brent in university never thought of himself. as he, he saw too much stuff. He saw his dad go too much stuff. The last thing he ever wanted to do was be a pastor. He was in Some kind of a science class in York University, and the whole end of the wall opened up. He had a vision of himself down in Tulsa in Bible school. Why? I don't know why. Why does God do those things? You don't know, but he does them supernaturally. So you have to understand, you have to know the difference between God initiating healing supernaturally and man initiating healing on his own faith. And the best way, I keep telling you, the best way to get healed is on your own faith in the Word of God, believing that you receive it, and that'll start manifesting out in your body. And always remember this that healing, number six, healing is not always instant. Sometimes, and I would say most of the time, it's gradual. But if you're looking for instant and then the, the, the symptoms are still there, you'll think you never got it. But when you pray and ask God and believe him, he's going to put healing in your spirit. Because he's a faithful God. Look at Luke 17, 14. And when he saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, as they went. As they walked on, after the prayer, as they went, they were healed. Not right then when Jesus prayed. Look at John 4, 46 to 53. Jesus came again to Galilee and, uh, Canaan in Galilee, where he made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, when he began to get better, when he began to get better. better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that that was the hour when Jesus said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household mark 16:18 notice the last they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover so healing the manifestation in your body is usually gradual the healing in your spirit is instant Man, you got to get that. You got to get that. Healing in your spirit. Everything you get from God, remember, is spiritual. Healing comes in your spirit instantly. By his stripes, you have been healed. You were healed. If you have been healed, you were healed, you are healed. So the prayer comes, healing comes into your spirit. And then over a period of time, it's manifested in your body if you stay in faith, if you stay in faith. And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So you want to build your faith. God's method of healing is spiritual and therefore can be lost. Faith is of the spirit. So if your faith becomes weak and you're not using it, healing can be lost. Why? Because the devil will take advantage of that and put those symptoms back on you in a jiffy or, or keep, try to keep them on you. And you can get so built up in your spirit that you can take authority over those things, those those symptoms that try to come back. That when I was pre, after I was telling you about that nervous stomach, I got up in the pulpit one day and hit me. And I said, "No, you don't!" In the name of Jesus. And had to take a hike. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. That's the scripture. James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now in this kind of a lecture, some of you can be, will be sitting there and don't condemn yourself. You're, some of you will be sitting there thinking, where have I been? Just never were taught this. I thought that one time when I first heard some of this that I'm teaching you. I'm thinking, oh, I got a BA and a Master of Divinity, and what? I, what where, where have I been? Going up into the, into the preaching pulpit with my gown flowing. May the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord our strength, and our Redeemer. What was I preaching? I can remember listening to this and thinking, is that in the Bible? I've I've gone through the Bible. I read it. I know it. My professor said I know it. But if you don't get in this healing business that anything from God is first spiritual and then physical. First spiritual on your, in your spirit. You're supposed to be, I haven't even got to this part yet, but you're supposed to be, as Christians, you're supposed to be led by your spirit. You're supposed to be led by the inner witness. When God does things, he does things on the inside of you. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 What has he given us? Power and love and a sound mind. I thought to myself, one time with my robes on I'm going to start confessing that scripture for God has not given us a spirit of fear but power love and a sound mind you got your Bibles there go over to Romans chapter 8 Matthew Mark Luke John Acts Romans by the way do you know the books of the Bible off by heart why not? It's God's word. Would you pass my exam today? The exam is made out of a hundred percent, ninety percent of the exam that I'm going to give you today is if you can write down the books of the Bible. Would you get 90% or would you flunk? Okay. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. <laughs> Romans. Mark, Romans eight eleven. 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, to his spirit who dwells in you. Now, if you believe that, you got the power on the inside of you. The power of God. Who is who? Who is he? He's the healer. One of his names we didn't even get to it tonight. One of his names is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord Healer, Christ the Healer, God the Healer, the Holy Spirit the Healer, on the inside of you. Go over to uh, go over to Ephesians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians, chapter 3. Now, I read this scripture many, many times, many, many times, uh, Ephesians 3.20, Now to him is able to do exceeding above all we can ask or think. I used to quote that. God wants to do abundantly above all I can ask or think. I used to think, boy, I think big, Lord. I think big things. I think big things. I really think big things, Lord. You're going to do abundantly above all I can ask or think. And then I read, according to the power that works in me. he can do all i can he can do abundantly above all i can ask or think according to the power that works in me and then we have to know romans 8:11 that the power is in us the power of god is inside of you and i therefore what i can do i can demand my healing Now, I am going to pray for you at the end of this lecture, at the end of week four, but I want to build you up so much that all, all we'll have to do is look at you and you get healed. The power of God is on the inside of you. He can do abundantly above all. He can ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Who's the church? You. He wants, to be, he wants to be glorified in you by you exercising your faith in the power of God that's on the inside of you. And there's so many scriptures like that. And God wants us to believe it. He left this for us. He wants us to believe this. He wants us to believe that it's his will. He wants us to believe that it's his will to heal you, to prosper you, and to make you successful. He wants you to know that his whole being the whole thing of the new covenant is so that he comes on the inside of us, never leaves us and forsakes us. Healing is on the inside of us. Why? Because Jesus is on the inside of us. The power of God is on the inside of you. You know, actually, you really don't have to have anybody lay hands on you. So, one of the things you could start doing is start saying what the Bible says about you. Say, I have no fear. Say that out loud. What I have is power, love, and a sound mind. The healing power of Jesus dwells on the inside of me because Jesus dwells in me by the Holy Spirit thank you Father that you said that we meaning you and Jesus and the Holy Spirit will make your abode in us And so I claim Right now the healing power of Jesus on the inside of me. I believe that I receive healing in the name of Jesus. I believe that I receive a sound mind. I believe I receive The manifestation in my spirit of the love of God. And I'm going to start acting like all of that is on the inside of me. I'm going to start speaking it because faith is believing in my heart and saying it with my mouth. So, Lord, I'm believing in my heart. And I'm going to say it with my mouth. Praise God. And I have to stop. Now next week, I'm going to start. And I want to get through lesson chapter one, lesson one at least, or be one b Then if we can, we will, I'm going to, I'm going to watch how I do this. And I may pick, out, pick and choose things out of Lesson 2 in the Old Testament because I, I want to get through certain portions later on there. But I trust that you enjoy this. I trust that it makes you think. I trust that it, it also, uh, in some ways, comes crosswise to some of the thoughts you had before. But that will do good for us. So we're going to receive the offering tonight I'll wait till you get it ready you know the Bible says given it shall be given unto you again good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over men, given to your bosom do you know whatsoever man sows that shall he also reap do you know that you, the Bible says that you can call those things that be not as though they were <laughs> do you know that? So you take your 50 cents you can call those things you can call that a $500 seed you say can you do that well I did one time in my life because Esther and I had nothing I didn't have anything to sow a hole in my shoes studying the Bible so I decided, I heard about this one time. I said, okay, I'm going to sow this $5. I'm going to sow it for $1,000. I want $1,000. I wasn't going to spend $1,000 on myself. I want $1,000 to sow. So I sold $5 for $1,000. I said, Lord, I believe I receive it. I'm going to freeze that $1,000. seed. Do you know that it came in in two months in two checks? Somebody wrote me a note and said, we just felt impressed. My wife and I felt impressed to give you this 600 and whatever it was. dollars." Next one came in and said, we just felt led to give you a check for 300 and something. I said, just a little over $1,000. Man, I couldn't wait to get that thing in the envelope and sold the whole thing into the kingdom of God. But I'm not going to tell you what I received because you wouldn't believe it anyway. So I won't tell you. But I'll tell you, God is faithful. I don't want to let you go tonight, but I have to. Because I want you to start being led by your spirits. Look down on the inside of you. God wants you blessed, healed, prosperous, successful. And he'll lead you and guide you with inner witness. It's not even a voice, it's just a knowing on the little things of life. He cares about everything. It started to rain a while ago. Before I got in the car, my umbrella is in the trunk. I thought to myself, I should put that umbrella in the back seat. Then I got a sermon from my wife. I told her I thought that, she said, I thought you were saying you're going to be led by your spirit. I should have put that umbrella in the back so I could reach out and when we get out of the car, wouldn't get wet. I believe that was the Lord telling me to put the umbrella in the back. Little things done on the inside. Just little things. He cares about all things. The big things, the small things. He says, "Lo, I'm with you always. Why? Why is he with us? Start looking down on the inside of you. It'll be amazing. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.